Welcome to the Church of the Living God Mount Sterling podcast. We hope you are blessed by this message. For more information about our church, follow us on Facebook by searching for our page, Church of the Living God Mount Sterling. We would love to connect with you, pray with you, and hear what God is doing in your life. Now grab your Bibles and let's get into God's Word. Praise God. Praise God. What an incredible, incredible video. The, the kingdom of God was never meant to do alone. It's always done in partnership. You know, one of the examples I've used before is Elijah. Elijah was a prophet of God, a mighty man of God, saw healings, miracles, raised the dead, everything. And he found himself by himself alone in a cave asking to die and says, I'm the last one left. And God says, what are you talking about? There's 7,000 that haven't bowed to Baal. And he says, tell you what, if you're isolating yourself, then go anoint somebody else to do it. And Elisha arose up, doubled the miracles, and guess what? Partnered with the sons of the prophets. Started ministry schools together. So the gospel's not to be done alone, and so I'm just honored and honored just to, just to be part of this and to be part of you. So uh, if you got to go, you can go, but we're going to preach today. So, uh, Pastor Apostle Hall, please come on up. Uh, we're going to let him have freedom up in this house. He's got a word for us. And I, just real quick, when we say apostle, a lot of people are like, you know, apostles are, are no more. But in, in Ephesians 4.11, it says, Jesus gave gifts to men and he gave an apostle. So who is man to take away giftings that Jesus Christ gave? And so we believe in the apostolic. We believe in the order of the kingdom of God. And so I thought it on a one-year anniversary, who better to preach than my spiritual father, an apostle of this house. So let's stand to our feet and let's give an applause for Apostle Thomas Lawton Hall. That's better. Oh, what a day already. I'll try not to preach too long. So grateful for this uh, wonderful celebration and the success. I think over 70% of churches that launch uh, go out in their first year. And some of them may come back and try again later or whatever. But this is growing because God is moving. The breath of God is here. The presence of God is here. And it's such a wonderful thing to see what God is doing. And then to begin to just stretch your imagination or your spiritual sight and say, what is he going to do next? What more is going to happen? Amen. As we approach these last days, it's so easy to look for tribulational signs and, and hard times and all of these things. But can I tell you? Uh, it's not the devil's time on this earth right now. Jesus Christ is still at the right hand of the Father. Amen. He's still winning souls. He's still working miracles. Amen. Financial miracles, physical miracles. 
uh, I tell you, it's just amazing what God is doing in these times, and I'm so grateful. Uh, I couldn't help but get kind of uh, smiley when, when I saw uh, oh, uh, uh, Ockfist. Yeah, Pear. Pear. I remember the first time I saw Pear. And uh, I said, now what's your name? He said, Pear. Excuse me? Uh, he said, Pear. I said, Pear. He said, yeah, Pear. I said, your name is Pear. He said, yes. I said, as in the fruit, Pear? He said, no, I'm not fruity. And we've been friends ever since. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's small but powerful. Powerful. I like to find preachers shorter than I am, but there ain't too many of them. Uh, but he's one of them. He's very powerful. I want to preach uh, just for a few minutes. It's a brand new sermon. I have not preached this message anywhere else at this point. This is what God had uh, given to me. And uh, the message title is going to be, When God Gathers His People. When God Gathers His People. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for this people. We thank you for the celebration and the laughter and the joy and, Lord, these people that are here to hear the Word of God. Father, we know that this is just a, a good beginning and that there's so much uh, that you are going to do that is ahead of us. And we'll just give you praise and we'll give you glory for all that you've done. Father, I just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I was thinking as I was sitting there the first time I, I met Patrick and Kimberly together was in a revival service at our church, and uh, and you know we just we just kind of stuck together. <laughs> I could see the anointing on his life and the unction, the unction of God, and the power of God, and I knew that there was something very, uh, very strong uh, in him, and uh, and so we started a journey. And uh, we've walked it out, and we're going to continue to walk it out. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 1, it says this. It says, Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel, unto King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David. You could call that Zion. Amen. That part of the city is Zion, which he says that. <laughs> and so, out of the city, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto King Solomon at the feast in the first month of whatever that word is, uh, which is the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the priest took up. The ark. Father, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you, Lord, that you are just as much God as you've ever been. <laughs> and Lord, I just praise you because that you have a plan for us that we don't really even know yet, but we know it's out there. We just don't know how and when. And God, we know you are the how and you are the when. Bless this people today in Jesus' name. Amen. It's good when grateful men call upon a great God to bless our efforts. God is so much higher than we are. He's so much greater than we are. 
He doesn't really need us, uh, but we need Him. And uh, it's not that God cannot do without us, but it's that it was in His heart to receive us, to be able to look into our lives and be able to uh, begin to speak and to formulate the ideas out of His heart, what that He might do with our lives in this world. I'm grateful to God. I got saved when I was eight years old in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Preached my first sermon at nine years old in a multi-church youth rally in Lawrenceburg. And uh, really got rolling about the age of 16 where I was doing youth nights uh, every week. uh, And been preaching 150 to 200 times a year ever since. And so God has been faithful to me. I am not a pastor's kid. I'm not a PK, but my children are. (laughs) And uh, we've got some grandchildren over there. They're grand PKs down there. We love them. And so God's been good to me. I've been on five continents, seen miracles that most people, when I tell them, they say, are you sure you saw that? Yeah, we were there. We were there. We saw that. And so we see that King Solomon assembled the elders of Israel. Something has to happen for Israel. And and so this assembly of the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes and the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel, even unto King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is called Zion. And so now they're ready. They're bringing this into the city, not just into the city Jerusalem, but in the portion of Jerusalem that is called Zion, which is the city of David. Remember David? He's a giant killer. The little boy with a sling that brought down giants. And he brought up more and more giant slayers. You've got to read out David's story because if you read it out, it talks about him taking down Goliath and fighting against uh, giants. But it also mentions all of the others that were taking down the giants because they came up under a giant killer. Amen? And that's what we need to understand in an anniversary. That's what we need to understand in the time frame that what we are doing is not an overnight thing. And it's not, a, it's not something that is without weight and importance. And sometimes, and I think in our culture today more than ever, that people are more, uh, they want it now. They're more impatient than what they've ever seen. They, they want to hear what you know over a 30, 40 year experience with God and they want to get it in 15 minutes. And you're not going to get it that way. But we can help get that, you know, just get that begun in you. We were having a revival uh, when Patrick came uh, on, on that night, it was a good night. He said, I think we'll come back. I think it was on a Tuesday night. And uh, when they came in on that Tuesday night, God spoke to me and said, I want you to speak to them about children. And uh, I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know what the doctors were saying at that time. But he said, you speak to them about children. And when we came to the altar, I began to speak to them. And what the Lord began to say out of me, aren't you glad sometimes to be a hand puppet for the Lord? Right? 
We're just a faithful hand puppet for the Lord. And he began with something like this, if I remember parts of this. And I believe it began with something like, and God said, I have heard what the doctors have said. I have seen the doctor's reports concerning children in your life. And then he went on and he said, but I have a different word for you. When the doctor said no, God said yes. Amen. And it's amazing and it's a beautiful thing that happens. We've had over 30 children in our church that were born to parents that were told they'd never have children. Isn't that amazing? Amen. That's, that's amazing. That's awesome. These are miracles. People say we want to see miracles. We see them and yawn at them. We see them and look at our watch and see what time it is. We see miracles. I'm seeing more miracles now than I've ever seen in this region. And I've been in the region for 28 years. But God is good and God is moving. And when, when He spoke to me, I said, God, I, I don't know that I can give them that, that hope that they're looking for. And he said, you're not. I am. I am. You done stirred something up with God when he's getting I am out of his mouth. He is the great I am. And these beautiful children, how many souls are they going to win? How many churches are they going to build? How many people are they going to raise out of the gutters of this world and bring them into the beauty of the kingdom of God? Amen. I know sometimes it's tough serving the Lord, but I'll tell you what, it's not near as tough as serving the flesh and serving the world. And so Solomon had something to take care of. He had a purpose that was going on. The, the, the purpose was to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David. And so Jerusalem is the greater city. And there's a small part of Jerusalem that's called Zion. And it is called the city of David. And so the people began to assemble themselves uh, unto Solomon. King Solomon at the feast in the month of that word, which is the seventh month, and all the elders of Israel came and the priests took up the ark. And so now we see this. Verse 4, And they brought up the ark of the Lord and the tabernacle of the congregation and all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle. Even those did the priests and Levites bring up. Now I want you to see something today. I want you to understand something today. Because the reason these men's stories, the reason these women of God that are mentioned in the, in the Word of God and in the Old Testament is because God is showing us that He still has His hand upon people. That He's still moving upon mere men and women and boys and girls. Can you imagine uh, boys and girls just preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? Our churches had a half a dozen or more young called preachers that were before 10 years old. And so God has a, has a will to be done. Solomon had a will to be done. Solomon had something inside of him. He knew that, that they had won some battles. And he wanted to honor the God of Israel. And so he made it within his heart that they go and get 
the Ark of the Covenant and that they bring it to the tabernacle of the congregation where they're allowed to see it. And then all of these holy vessels that were in the tabernacle, even those did the priests and the Levites bring up. In verse 5 it says, And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel were assembled unto him, were with him before the ark, sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be told nor numbered for multitude. Man, that's powerful, isn't it? He said the king is involved. The congregations of Israel are involved. Those that were assembled unto the king were involved. And they were with them before the ark. And they were sacrificing so many sheep and oxen that they could not even number them. They could not even count them. They could not be told for the multitude. And so this is a time that we are are in, I believe, in the United States of America, that this is a time that the people of God rise up. That the people of God do not simply be people of God when they're out church, when they're at church, when they're just going to do the church thing today. And they'll do other things later. No, we need people again that have a relationship. And we need people that are beginning to understand what God has in has in His mind to do with you and I. Do you know what God has in His mind for you? In His mind for us? Amen. He is looking at our life. He's leading us. He is guiding us. And He's watching for everything that we are doing that we can make room for just another glimpse of glory. Just another movement of God. And I've read the back of the book. A lot of people don't like to read Revelation. But I like to read Revelation because the devil is in the pit and the church is in the city of God. Hallelujah. The church is in the city of God. The new Jerusalem. Amen. And the church becomes the government of the world. And does that for a thousand years. Jesus sitting on a throne in, uh, in Israel. There in Beth. And the city. And then also uh, David sat at his right hand. And he was ruling. David ruling over Israel. Jesus ruling over the world. It's in your Bible. It's in your Bible. And I'm telling you, it's going to happen. If not my generation, it's going to happen. But I, I, I feel stirred within me. That we have to be able to say, not just that I'm going to church. It's just I am serving the King of Kings. I am serving the God who allowed His Son to be crucified, nailed to that cross, and the blood ran down upon that earth. And we need to understand that when God begins to gather His people, He is doing this for a greater thing. He's doing it that is greater than, uh, than any one of us. If I can get that right there. Alright? That... None of us, all of our things added together cannot be what God makes it as a whole. And so it says, And the priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place, into the oracle of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubims. And so we're getting a little deeper here. Now the priest brought that ark of the covenant of the Lord, and they brought it into the Lord's house. 
They're carrying that ark uh, with the Lord's house. He's bringing them there. It's a very serious thing. Remember the time that one man in the Scripture, while was, they were going in, and, and the oxen stumbled, and he reached out, and he, he he's touched the ark, the ark of God, and he died. Because he did not have the authority at that time to touch the ark of God. See, God limited himself, and now he's coming back. And he's bringing us into it. So they brought this into the holy place. Interesting word that said into the oracle of the house. I looked that up, the oracle. So they brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place and into the oracle, which is the innermost part of the sanctuary. They weren't on the outskirts. They weren't just standing and seeing what was going on. They were coming into the house of God, into the holy place. But then there were some that even went into the oracle, the innermost part of the sanctuary. Amen. And so this must be placed within God's will and God's purpose. For the cherubim spread forth their two wings over the place of the ark. And he's talking about the engraving of cherubims. They're not seeing angels right there, but they have engraved the angels that were prepared to sit on top of that, uh, that, that box, you know, that ark of the covenant that they had brought in there. And the wings on this side would, would go to about halfway, and, and the wings from the other side was the other half. And their wings touched together over the ark. And... and only when God allowed would anyone be able to touch it or even to see what was in it. And I feel like somehow, uh, Brother Patrick, that for a reason uh, that only God may know is that I feel like there's been a season that things we used to touch, that God has begun to make that a little bit more, uh, a little bit more value, that He's beginning to bring more value. He's beginning to look at our heart. Oh, it's wonderful to speak in tongues, but not to speak in tongues so that you can tell people I speak in tongues. It's beautiful to see people when they are healed. We're seeing more physical healings in our church than I've ever seen before. And I'll tell you, doctors, they're just, they just don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. I think last time I was here, we prayed for several people. And, and Sister Nisha, was it? And, and she told me the things where they were and what God or what the doctor said they were going to do. And, uh, and I said, well, let's see what God has to say. Let's pray over this. Let's talk to God about it. My goodness, what God did within a few days. I got a phone call and Nisha had gone back to the doctor and they, 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 they checked her out. And they said, well, something's wrong. And they checked her out again. Well, the machine must be. Check. Remember getting that call. They said Nisha went to the doctor. The doctor said, 
I can't find it. We're going to run some tests. Doctors still couldn't find it. As far as I know, they still ain't found it. Amen. You know why? God took it. God took it. Amen. I believe that healings and, and miracles are to not really shake up the church, but it's to shake up the world. And so I just, even as I met these folks when they came in, and, and Tuesday night, and, and God said, you got to speak to them over uh, them having children. And you think, oh Lord, what's going on there? But you know what? The children are here, and they're beautiful, and they're just skipping around, and they're helping out in the church, and they're doing all of these things. Can I say something to you? Brother and sister, it's not that we need to move God to do something for us. It's that, that we need to move toward God. That we need to come in His proximity. That we need to open our Bibles and read just a little bit more. That we may find a place when nobody else is at. And that you stop to just, just pray. And just leave that in the hand of God. And knowing that what God can do, God will do. If we will just believe Him. Amen. I've been in it too long to believe that God is just, you know, getting old and that God is not able. Amen. He is God. He was God, is God, and He's going to be God. And He wants to move. And He wants to move in Mount Sterling, Kentucky. And He wants to move around the counties that are surrounding this county. That's what He's doing in our county. And you're one of the counties that God is moving from in that way. But we've got to, when we're going to do what God would have us to do, We've got to do it in the right place at the right time and for the right purpose. They couldn't just put those cherubims wherever they wanted to. There was a place designated for it. Amen. They couldn't just go out and begin to worship before anything happened. They had to do it as God was bringing it to pass. And so they drew, they drew out the staves that the ends of the staves were seen out in the holy place before the oracle and that they were not seen without. And there they are unto this day. The ark, to the day of Solomon writing this, he said, it's still there. The ark is still in that place. In uh, verse 9 it says, and I like this, it says, there was nothing in the ark save the two tables of, st of stone which Moses put there at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. Well, it's been a long time since they've come out of Egypt. But you know what? God remembered it. Amen. And so, uh, they, there was nothing in the ark. They're carrying an ark that had nothing but two stones. And those were the stones that the commandments came on. The tables of stone. And they said that. There was nothing there except the tables of stone which Moses put there in Horeb when the Lord made covenant with the children of Israel. Amen. And so these two pieces of clay, covenant, rock, whatever you want to call it, it was in there. But that's not what they were looking for. There was something more. There was nothing in the ark except those two tables of stone which Moses put there at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. In other words, God said it was time for a new beginning. It was time for a new beginning. We're not going back to the ark. 
We're not going back to the stones that were made out of clay and the laws of Moses. At that time, we're going forward to where the people of God can move outside of a legalistic relationship to God and come into a relationship of love, a relationship of uh, communication. Don't you love it when God just knocks your socks off? Just tells you something? I've had God tell me things and I thought, that's not even in the Bible. I've never heard that in all my life. And then I go look it out and it was in the Bible. (laughs) Amen. And so it said it was time for a new beginning. There's people here that you need a new beginning. You don't have to be a sinner to need that. But maybe you are. Maybe you've not yet accepted the Lord. This covenant, kept covenant, brings kept presence. When you keep covenant, God keeps presence. Say one more time. When you keep covenant, God keeps presence. You want a new day with God, don't tell God what to do. Do what God has already said. Do what God said. And what did God say? You have the covenant, and I am the presence. We're looking for the presence of God in a greater way. Relational, yes. Among the congregation, yes. But in your prayer closet. And so, verse 10, 1 Kings 8.10. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Amen? Isn't that awesome? You see in verse, uh, you know, chapter, uh, verse 8 and 7 and 8, we've got to place it with will and purpose. We've got to do it God's way. But if we'll do it in God's way, if we'll receive Him in His way, then He will have nothing between you, you and I, uh, you know, between us all together. And so I, we can walk with Him. We can talk with Him. I live out in the country. I, I walk out. And I see those starry nights and I walk those roads and I'll look up to heaven and I'll say, God, you that made that, I am looking for you. I want to know more of you. I want to hear from your voice. I want to follow what plans you have for my life. Amen. I've done this for 30 some years, but it's not over. And it's not over because God doesn't say it's over. There's still reason and there is purpose. We need more, brother and sister, than just an a, uh, educational stance on the Word of God. You've got to get a relational stance on the things of God. If you'll keep covenant, God will keep presence. And that's what we must do if we're going to change our cultures. People are saying, man, the world in America is so far gone now. That nothing can reach it. No, that's not the truth. 
Because it doesn't matter how much violence comes. It doesn't matter how many marches come. It doesn't matter how many people don't like this and don't like that. And if you like him, I don't like him. All of those things, that is just like that in eternity. It is nothing. It has nothing to do with the church. It has nothing to do with what we are going to do. Well, but people are marching the streets. What are we going to do? We're going to get on our knees and pray. Like we prayed before people were marching on the streets. Amen. Yeah, but people are getting killed. What are we going to do? We're going to keep on serving the Lord. We're going to raise up a voice. We're going to listen and watch and see if somebody that we work with or somebody that lives in our neighborhood has the audacity to ask us, are you a Christian? I love it when people do that. They say, no, no, no. Are, are, are you a Christian? Oh, yes, I am. Thank you for noticing. Well, why, why do you think God's letting all this happen in the culture? So God can bring more people to the kingdom. Sometimes they need hard times to get to the kingdom. And so we keep covenant. God keeps presence. Sing until the atmosphere is filled with His presence. Amen. And it says in verse 10, it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. The whole house of the Lord. It's no longer quarantined into that one spot behind the curtains. Hallelujah. When the priest came out of the holy place, the cloud filled the house of the Lord. The priest could not stand to minister. What do you think that means? What do you think it means? That the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. They were falling out. They could not stand in the glory of God. They were slain in the floor, on the dust, whatever it was made. The priests could not stand. They could not stand to minister unto the Lord. God said, I'm not worried about whether you're standing. In fact, I'll just let you lay down for a while. You know? And let you know the power and the grace of God. The priests could not stand to minister. They couldn't do their job because of the cloud. That's what religion does. It says, wait a minute, I've got a job to do. I've got to get out before noon. I've got to do this in such a way so nobody's offended. Now why don't we just open the book and do what the book says to do? And let's just keep on doing it. Let's just keep on believing that in that day and time that the priests were slain in the dirt when they walked behind that curtain. They were just slain right there. They could not stand to minister because a cloud had filled the house of the Lord. Oh, it's time. I don't care if you're Methodist, Baptist. I don't care if you're Catholic. don't care if you're Pentecostal, charismatic, whatever you want to call us. Send me a glory that I cannot stand in. That I cannot be there. And, and just be just like it's something else. Oh, I have felt that a thousand times. Well, my God, why haven't you been praying for something you've not seen yet? Something that you've not received yet. Amen? 
Surely it doesn't take you a thousand times to get that in your head. March on to the next thing. Go into the inner parts of this of the, the sanctuary. The sanctuary of God. So that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory. How many would take some glory? Would you take some glory? Yes. You take some glory. Now, some of y'all may be used to this kind of stuff. Just hang out with us a little while. You'll love us. Well, you'll smile. You'll be happy. You'll just see God begin to move in beautiful ways. Well, as long as you've gotten saved, as long as you've accepted Jesus, you're going to heaven, right? Yeah, I believe that. But why stop there? Why stop there? That's just getting you going in the kingdom of God. The glory cloud lets God's touch imprint your life. An imprint. Imprints don't go away. Amen. And so, just some final observation. 1 Kings 8, 17, of course, Solomon is speaking. And it was in the heart of David, my father, to build a house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And the Lord said unto David, my father, whereas it was in thy heart to build a house unto my name, thou didst well that it was in your heart. Do you know God knows what's in your heart? And he says, man, you did well because you got it in your heart. That's what keeps us. That's what keeps us. I've got it in my heart. Amen. David, you didn't have to build a house, David, but you did well that it was in your heart. I didn't need the house, but it's, it's moved me because it was in your heart. But then he said, nevertheless, David, thou shalt not build the house. You've got the right motivation. You've got the right uh, vision. You're just in the wrong moment. God has moments for us. I have set there a place for the ark. Have you set in your heart a place for the ark? The ark of God that represents literally the manifest presence of God. Amen. Have you set a place for the ark? And I'm not talking about the ark up in Ohio or near Ohio. I like going up there, but that's not today. <laughs> God said, I've set, a po- I've set there a place for the ark. Brother and sister, we need to set a place in our day, in our time. Not a place for the ark. I believe it would 
symbolize a place for the Holy Spirit. You get saved, got your sins washed away, get baptized in water. But the Spirit is baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire. The Holy Ghost and fire. Some people say, well, is it Holy Ghost or is it Holy Spirit? It's either one. You got a choice. Same word. Okay? Don't even worry about that. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, one and the same. Is it in your heart? Is it in your heart? That's where miracles come from. That's where lives are changed. That's where God comes near. And so, Solomon, you did good, but it's not your time. And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven. And that's where he came. Came into the glory of God. I believe that God has purposed not only this house. We would all be too proud or too foolish if you think God's only chosen a church in one in every city. He's still got people we ain't met yet. (laughs) We see them around the country. We've seen them around the world. Amen. It's good. You ought to go sometime. Sign up. Start saving some money. You don't need that new car. Put that money aside for a ticket. We'll take you around the world. We'll take you to see what God is doing. Amen. If you don't want to go that far, just drive out west and get on the Native American reservations. Got friends, I'll get you in there. God's moving them. Fred Smith, Navajo. Mighty man of God. Mighty man of God. Didn't even know him. So I was about 18 years old. And he said, you got to come. So we went. And we went again. Come and see what God has in store for you. Well, pastor, I've probably kind of passed my heyday. Kind of maybe going down on the other side of the mountain. You ain't dead yet. Spiritually, you ain't dead yet either. (laughs) We're not finished. It was finished for what Jesus had accomplished. But we are not yet finished. God sent this house to join many other churches in this county and in this region. Can you have too many churches? I wonder if we can have too many Walmarts. They're everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere you go. Listen, the message is when God gathers His people. Grateful men call upon a great God to bless our efforts. Brother and sister, this is why we came here today. We came here to implore God to bless our efforts. Would you stand with me?